0: Hit the shot from half court MVP of all sports Coach put me in the game You know I'm the truth Born the field. Competition know the deal Coach put me in the game Coach put me in the game Coach put me in the game Welcome to the game. Coach Sterling Coach English Show
1: Me
0: in the game. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Stanley and English show featuring Coach Kurtz. I'm your man, Coach English, and I'm here with Coach Stanley and Coach Kurtz, and we got a special, special, special guest for you today. We got a special guest. Hopefully, he'll get on a lot more in the future. Very intelligent man. Uh, we've been we're lucky to have him on. But as usual, we're going to start with uh, Josh. How was the week?
1: Week was blessed, as always. We winded down. We're in crunch time, getting ready to start the new school year. I'm going to I'm going to say I'm excited because that's the right thing to do. But we all would wish for an extra couple of weeks of summer. I don't think it would hurt anybody if we were able to do that. But other than that, all is well. God is good um got to figure out how to scrap up some money to get my kids some school clothes cuz they they will not stop growing and we will go from there. Michael, how things been going for you?
2: Hey man, I'm, everything is good. I'm, well, I'm I'm excited to join the club as uh as we've mentioned in previous shows, uh I got married July 27th, so it's almost 2 weeks now. 2 weeks uh tomorrow, so Shout out to you and uh, Coach English for uh, coming to the wedding. And it was an unbelievable experience. And so things, it's been a whirlwind summer. And uh, we actually started a school for teachers, started on Monday. So summer's over. We've been grinding. And uh, I'm excited about this new challenge, this new opportunity, uh, this new opportunity to. Uh, to make an impact on some some kids' lives here down in Florida.
0: Yeah, congrats to you, man. That was a beautiful wedding, man. I had a great time, and shouts out to you and the new wife, um, Wit Wit. Um, I hope you had a wonderful time in Jamaica. I had a chance to see you jump off a cliff. Um, you said you almost cracked your tooth there, but you know it, it was. Uh, I had a great time, man, and uh, uh, shouts out to the open bar too. You did that. Always, always. <laughs> well, um, like I said, we got a special guest for you guys today. Um, uh, his name's Kurt Willer. He's with Up- the Upward Stars program. And uh, Kurt, introduce yourself to our listeners in case people may or may not know you. Um, welcome to the show.
3: Kurt? Uh, first, let me say thank you guys for having me. Congrats to Coach Kurtz on his wedding. Uh, Josh, if those kids keep growing, just send them to Upward Stars as they get older. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but um, I'm honored to be on the show, and I'm glad you guys have me here. Just a little background on me. I'm from North Augusta, South Carolina. Played there, coached there for many years. Uh, started doing AAU once I finished coaching there. Uh, coached with different teams throughout the state. And now with Upward Stars, and fortunately enough, God blessed me with the opportunity to work for Upward Sports, which is a youth sports Christian organization where we help leaders do a sports ministry, ministry through churches, flag football, soccer, basketball, travel volleyball, and travel basketball. So don't want to talk too much about all of that, because we got a, a lot to talk about today. But thanks again for having me.
0: No, nah, that's no problem. That's no problem. So, uh, as you found out last show, we have a new segment called the Current Events Segment. It's going to run for about the first 15 minutes, and the first topic we're going to have is the LeBron James I Promise School. Um, fellas, Hot, like, you know, uh, uh, Michael, let's start with you. Now, first off, uh, for those of us who are, who, who are long-term listeners of the show, I am not a LeBron James hater when it comes to basketball. I just feel Michael Jordan's better. That's the argument. In this case, I have to give LeBron James' props. This is uh, uh, this is a big deal. Um, so I'm going to throw it to the guys who love LeBron, Micah, and, and Josh. Michael, what are your thoughts on it, to start with you?
2: I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I love Michael Jordan. And, I mean, even in the last few years, I've, I've been in heated debates in the last, not as much in the last year, year and a half, about who's better, LeBron or Michael Jordan. And I've come to the conclusion that they're both unbelievable players. I'm not worried about saying is LeBron better or is Michael better. What I am extremely, extremely impressed about is LeBron James and the legacy and the impact that he understands that he can leave Through the game of basketball, the impact that he can have through playing a game, the impact that he can have on thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of kids to have a positive impact is unbelievable. And so um, what he's doing with his foundation, what he's doing right now with just opening this new school is unbelievable. I mean... um, Trying to find the, the 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 highlights of that school, but um, here it is. I mean, these kids come from impoverished impoverished uh, homes. They're they're recognized as at-risk kids, kids that either have a troubled home life or kids that maybe had many tardies and absences the year before. If they get admitted to this school. They get free tuition to the school. They get free uniforms. They get a free bicycle and helmet. They get free transportation if they live within two miles. They get a free breakfast, a free lunch, and free snacks. They get a food pantry to take home to their families. Um, They get GED and job placement services, not for the kids, but for their parents. And then if, I believe this school's starting out with third and fourth graders, if they finish and graduate from the school, so they go there for, what, eight, nine years and graduate from that school, they are guaranteed tuition to the University of Akron for every student who graduates. So that is unbelievable. And I mean, shout out to LeBron James, shout out to his foundation. He understands he's an unbelievable basketball player but he's using what he hes using his impact as a basketball player to go way beyond that and to just make a huge impact on this bro so shout out to you LeBron James I'm mean, here yeah mesh yeah.
1: shout out to LeBron I'm, if I can really like chime in on on really just dial in on what LeBron is doing I would say it is it is it, it he is closing with, with what he's doing, he's closing a cultural gap that the history of this country has created. And by LeBron doing that, and by LeBron doing that, he is going to change, potentially change the lifestyles and and and, and quality of living for a, a, a target group that Nonetheless, I'm not saying they wouldn't have that opportunity, but the opportunity for their lifestyles to change in a positive way is heightened for what LeBron is doing. And believe it or not, and though this is not the main topic of the show, what he's doing is so epic, is so serious that only people that like I'm a history major. So as a as an African American male in this country, my ancestors went through 300 plus years of slavery. And what that means, when most people say slavery, they think of, okay, you're basically in prison. But when I think of slavery, I'm thinking of the opportunity, not having the opportunity to learn. the uh, having, having the opportunity to educate yourself, to better yourself, be denied and be against the law. So we, we as a, as a black man in America, to have another black man create an element what that's going to help close that cultural gap that was rendered upon us, not because we chose to, but just simply because of what was done to us, it's amazing. It's nothing less than amazing. It's a miracle. Um, if I ever meet LeBron, I'm not gonna dap him up. I'm gonna hug him, not because of his basketball accolades, but simply for what he's doing for, for our culture, to close the cultural gap, to close the, the standard of living is of what he's doing is amazing. That's what this really is about. Me and my brother had a conversation about this before. And in in, in education, we're always talking about closing the achievement gap and getting rid of cultural barriers. Well, the only way we can really get over that is, I said, is like all African-Americans go to school for free for 100 years straight. That doesn't even equate to 300 plus years of slavery. But I'm not trying to make this show about that. But what LeBron did is simply what he's doing is amazing. And giving people the opportunity to educate themselves for free, go on to college and educate themselves for free is only going. I'm not saying it's going to fix it, but it is going to put some type of stamp on on helping close the cultural gaps on what was done to my people. So I take this very personal and um, um, shout out to LeBron and for the record, Coach English, you are you are a LeBron hater. And um, uh, uh, with, with that being said, on the Michael Jordan LeBron debate, yeah, this ain't got nothing to do with the court. But to me, this puts LeBron a clear-cut favorite in front of Jordan in every aspect. Now you just can't bring up championships. God dang it, this man is changing people's lives for for forever with what he's doing. And um. Shout out to LeBron, man. I'm really, really pleased with what you're doing, man. And and God bless you. And I hope you continue to strive to help people. What are your thoughts, Kurt? On the school? Yes. Or who's better or both? Both, both. (laughs) We're not getting into who's better right Uh, now, man. It's the school. The school (laughs) Uh, As far as the school... I can piggyback on what both coaches said.
3: It's a culture changer, it's a game changer. He's actually going into his old community, an impoverished or at risk community and helping change lives. Now as we know, like Coach Kirk pointed out, the kids still have to graduate from the school, stick it out and do their part to get free college tuition paid for. But it can be a game changer for a lot of kids in that area and hopefully he can start some other schools my one, con- I wouldn't say concern, but one question I had, I know he's partnering with the public school system there, is just making sure that the right people are leading the school. Because we all know, we've all worked in education, and the leadership is what matters. It can be an inner city school, it can be a suburban school, doesn't matter as long as the leadership is on point. So I just hope, like, I was teasing some people, I said, LeBron needs to go hire Ron Clark from Atlanta, let him run that school, you know, because he'd be great, super teacher, super educator, great leader. So I think it speaks volumes of just the type of person LeBron is, and the people he has had in his life to help raise him, not just his mother, but his coaches and everybody involved, to make sure he understands about giving back. Um, And I'll I'll say this for a record, I think he is he took the blueprint from Michael Jordan and the others of, you know, this is what you do as a super mega star, world star, and he's added to it. So I think with, with each era, we have like a super talent. And Jordan was the one in the 90s. and Now LeBron's that guy. He's taken what he learned from Jordan from a business standpoint and some other ways how to be a professional And that's tied into social activism. And, you know, we're in a different time now with social media. LeBron interacts with people in there, and he's doing a lot of great things. So I just, I think it's, he's super, he's great for kids. Now, on the court, I still give a nod to Michael Jordan. Um, If you just watch the game, the eye test, LeBron's going to beat him in all the numbers. But um, I like to tell kids, especially who never watched Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan was always the best player on the largest scale. On the largest stage, when it mattered most, he was always the best player. Nobody outplayed him. So if we talk about LeBron in that aspect, he got outplayed by Dirk. The other ones, some people say Kawhi. You know, I don't really even go for the six for six, but Michael Jordan was always the best player. And if I was a betting man, it'd be hard for me to bet against Michael Jordan because when it mattered most, not only did he not lose, but he was always the best player. You go look at the finals numbers, like LeBron had a great series, like with a triple-double, it led everybody in these statistical categories. And I would tell people that's superb, that's spectacular. I said, but we've seen something similar before. You go watch Jordan against the Lakers, you go watch Jordan against the Suns. You know, sometimes we forget greatness. And I just never seen LeBron do what LeBron, what Michael's done on the court all the time. Like, this playoff run, if he would have sustained it, like, if they didn't lose game one, we may, you know, may get a little win. bit closer because then that series different. But yeah. the way he played this playoff series, the entire playoffs, was he was a killer. And Michael Jordan is a killer on the court. And then when LeBron, because physically he's got all the talent, he's bigger, stronger, fast, all that stuff. But mentally he's not always a killer. Not here crushing LeBron, saying he's soft, but he's not clutch, but he's not always a killer. And Michael Jordan was always a killer when it mattered most, and that is the difference to me. I give Michael the edge on that, and I don't think it's fair to say well LeBron's better because he does more social activism. We're talking about basketball player, um, different times where everything you do, people put it out there or michael grew up in a time where you, people don't know what you're doing socially and he grew up in a different household mom and dad at home and he not to say he was lebron was dirt poor or whatever but the lifestyles were different growing up the dynamics were different so um but socially lebron's great we know everything he's doing so but as a player, Michael Jordan still has it. But LeBron still got a lot of time to go, so he still probably
0: got three to five years. So we'll see. Yeah, well, you know, somebody's on my side, but that's okay. Um, we kind of we kind of went over a, a little bit on the current event, so I think what we can do, fellas, is we can make uh, our next show. We'll, we'll cover. We'll make the the main topic uh, dealing with the new NCAA rules. Is that is that a deal? I think we can uh, yeah. we can do that just so we can
1: yeah. get into the topic. Yeah, we were just going to really stretch yeah, really really anyway. Show. So. Well, go ahead, Josh. So. Yeah. Well,
0: tell us a little bit about the rules, and then we'll just go and hop into the topic at
1: hand. Yeah, today. I wanted to digest it more anyway, so we were going to like, make it the topic next show, but um, uh, the, hot, the hot topic has been one of the hot topics have been across the country is the um, rules that the NCAA has changed. Um, some of the cut dry rules that are probably going to come into effect right away is that, you know, the players, um, college basketball players that go to the NBA combine or get invited to underclassmen that don't get drafted will be allowed to return to their former school. Okay. It's still being ironed out. That's why we're not going to get into a detail in too much detail. We'll get into it next week because it still needs to be digested. Some things still need to be ironed out. Um, elite prospects um whatever elites mean and that's something we're really going to discuss the next show elite prospects will be allowed to have official relationships with agents so elite high school players um, will ultimately be able to have agents um right now they're looking at like usa basketball and 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 um even i think if I'm not mistaken um even some of maybe the shoe companies i don't want to be wrong but Right now, the NCAA and USA basketball, I think, will be identifying who these elite players are. Um, That's very cloudy to me. And, um, you know, some other stuff, schools and the presidents are going to be held at a higher standard as far as knowing what's going on. Um, The recruitment element has changed. Um, You can start taking official visits. You're um, at the January 1st of your junior year now. Um, the unofficial visits elements for for freshmen and sophomores is, has completely changed, where the college coach can't have anything to do with that um, unofficial visit for a freshman and a sophomore, and the, and the viewing period. So it's it's a lot to discuss. It's just a current event. We we we'll break it down and study it some more and get into it next week. But just know um, some major changes have. Has come uh, is going on in the NCAA, and I've learned over time to kind of digest things before you just start talking about it. Really understand it, study it, and then go from there. But with that being said, um, we're going to go ahead and get into on um, today's topic, Coach E. What's going to be the topic for today? All
0: right, today we're talking about there was a story by uh, and oh man, he has to. If he listens to the show, he's going to have to. Uh, uh, Forgive me for mispronouncing his last name, uh, Andrew Ramspatcher. I think that's it. Wrote an article. Said the top in-state basketball players used to come to USC. What happened? Um, the article really kind of talks about, and we're going to let Kirk kind of take over in a little bit. It talks a lot about because he had he actually had an opportunity to have a conversation with Andrew, and. Uh, it talks about what happened to the in-state recruiting um, by colleges. Whose fault is it that the kids are going out of state? Um, it's almost like a back and forth. And it kind of sparked uh, uh, a Twitter nation to, in South Carolina to kind of take off. And uh, what prompted me to call Kurt was, you know, people said Kurt was angry and, and uh, I had a conversation and he was like, no, I'm not angry. I just, this is just my thoughts. He said, um, you know, I call. you know, he said he would have handled it differently if he was angry, but, it is a hot topic, like what has happened and who's at fault and people trying to play the blame game. So I'm going to turn it over to Kurt. Um, Kurt, uh, pretty much, uh, what we got going on here?
3: Well, we've got a series of stories that have – sorry about the noise. We've got a series of stories here written in the state paper about the in-state recruiting by the University of South Carolina by – a writer, that his job is to cover men's basketball for a university. So, the stories are like, well, why are are they missing out on players? Why are they missing out on players? Um, And the coaching staff, you know, they're saying in some of the stories, it's hard to sell USC, University of South Carolina, to the in-state kids where it seems easier to bring out-of-state kids in. So, in this particular story, I caught wind of it and read it, and I was disappointed because the story, in my opinion, was pointing fingers that the kids didn't have any interest in the University of South Carolina and that coaches weren't, Telling kids They should go to University of South Carolina or I should probably just say that it's OK to go to University of South Carolina. So I spoke with the writer and just said there are a lot of half truths in this story. Some stuff is on point. Some stuff I agree with. But you can't come here, write a story saying kids do not want to represent the University of South Carolina, the largest university in our state. I said if you go in every kid's closet, most of them have game cock attire. I said most high school coaches, AU coaches I know want their kids to play for University of South Carolina if they have that option. The problem we have is for whatever reason our players aren't getting recruited hard by the University of South Carolina. So then when other schools do come in and recruit them hard, then they step up their efforts. And if they don't decide to go to University of South Carolina, everyone says, oh, or well, they just don't want to be here. Why don't they want to come? And so I told the gentleman that wrote the story, well, you need to ask some different questions and let's have an open conversation to figure out how we can change this. And he was very receptive and very nice and very professional. And I said he would do that. He would talk to more people and try to get some answers. Because I said, there's a disconnect somewhere. We all need to do better with this. And I didn't like the narrative that it created. Also, that if you go to the University of South Carolina, you have this great, wonderful life where you can know politicians and know the president and know the coaches. Because that's just one former player. There have been plenty of other former players. Do they have that same access? I don't know that answer. So we, we keep talking to these or about what happened 30 years ago. Last time I checked, we're in 2018. We have social media now. It's a different world, different kids. Uh, kids have more opportunities to get seen with travel ball, high school events, camps, showcase, uh, YouTube, all this. It's different now. So why are we continuing to say, well, this coach did this in 1985 or and this coach did that. At one point, I would like to make up about how the top players always went to USC. They talk about Stanley Roberts, If he goes and changes everything. So he goes to LSU. He plays in the NBA. But they don't mention the two players in that time period that USC did not get or did not recruit. I wasn't around, don't really know the story. But take Xavier McDaniel, longtime professional. Tyrone Corbin, longtime professional and current NBA coach. They went to Wichita State. So the three players who don't get recruited well obviously Robert got recruited. The other two didn't. They have long NBA careers. Why aren't we talking to them? Well, what happened with you? Why didn't you go? Why aren't we talking to Zam Frederick, Devin Downey? Well, you went. Why didn't you come in the beginning and then you came back? Like, what was the turnoff? Or, I don't even know if that's the right one. But why didn't you go to the University of South Carolina the first time? And then when you came back, why did you come? And why did you enjoy it? You know, another thing is they talked about the 97-98 team that won the SEC. One of my high school teammates and current friends, still to the day, Antonio Grant, played on that team. Well, they talk about B.J. Mackey and Melvin Watson and Larry Davis. But let's break down the team. BJ Backie came, All American, Irmo High, you know, traditional power, great coach, longtime coach, all that good stuff. He comes. Melvin Watson goes to prep school, gets recruited to come to South Carolina. He wasn't a ranked player. Antonio Grant goes to prep school, picks South Carolina over Georgia. Herbert Lee Davis from Georgetown goes to prep school, goes to USC. I think the other kid's name was like Dayton House. He was from the upstate shooter. Um, but my point is Bud Johnson from Eau Claire. My point is there was only one top player on that team. The rest of the team was made up of good players from the state. Cool. Oh, and Larry cool. Davis transferred in after he went to North Carolina. So my point was, why aren't we recruiting the other good players? Why are we just solely concerned with the top-ranked players. I use the example. Coach Staley, I'm going to use one of your former players. I said James Reese played in three state championships, one, two, in the city of Columbia for traditional power for a good high school coach. He's a winner. He's tough. He plays defense. He's athletic. He's a junkyard dog. He's a gym rat. He played AAU with upper stars. That year, number one team in the nation undefeated on Adidas was probably our best player in July. Doesn't get recruited by University of South Carolina. It's everything they want in a player, as far as I can tell. Guess who's he related to? Christian Brown, who at the time is his high school teammate and his cousin and is a top-ten player. Wouldn't it make sense to recruit James Reese for all the reasons, the right reasons, that he's good enough he fits what you need. He's from Columbia. He plays for a great coach and a great program. He plays for a great AAU program that was winning. And on top of that, the icing on the cake is his cousin is a top ten freshman. So let's recruit James, and then that helps us recruit Christian. And then maybe we got some action, and we start keeping the in state kids at home. But what happens is I'm assuming here or guessing, I like to say, maybe they don't feel like they can get the kids. Maybe they don't feel like the kids are good enough. We would have to ask them that. But then when the other schools out of state come in and love them, now they want to recruit them. And by then, it's too late. I liken it to like a girl, a woman that you kind of dismiss. She's feeling you. And then when somebody else starts showing us some attention, you want to talk to her. She's like, nah, back up. You didn't want me. Such and such wanted me. I, I'm good over here with him. So that's how the kids feel. Well, you didn't want me in the beginning. You kind of heed and hum. And, oh, I don't know if we're going to recruit you, if we're going to offer you. Now you're blowing up. Internet guys love you. You make it rank. Then the offer comes. And that's the issue that we had. Our in-state coaches are not going all in on our better players from the beginning. And then they're not recruiting the other guys that are close to being good enough. And they go to Washington, D.C., New York, Florida, Indiana, Georgia, North Carolina, wherever else. And bring in the same type of player that they could get at a Keenan, a AC Flora, a Dorman, Hartsfield, wherever have you.
0: Right, Michael, what what do you that think?
2: That is the issue. Go that ahead. is the issue. All
0: right, what you think, Micah?
2: I mean unbelievable. I mean, coach, coach, and, and I I see I see, see a lot of a lot of one of my first uh one of my first thoughts was was going to James Reese. And obviously James Reese has a spot in my heart being one of the, our AC Floor guys, but I think there's a million factors that go into this where it's 2018, the country is much smaller now because of the ability of social media and the ability to get people's uh, awareness of players out there much quicker. So it's harder to keep those in-state, in-state recruits in. If they're a top top-level player... It's much easier for all of the Blue Blood programs to find out about them much earlier and get on them much earlier. So that makes it harder. Also, I mean, I don't know what the, obviously, the, I don't know the exact direction of the University of South Carolina or Clemson basketball program, but I would imagine that their overall mission, their overall vision is to be. A competitive team on the national stage. So to be a competitive team on the national stage, they're going to want to go after those top 50, top 100 players. Um, the ability to get those players is much, much less than if you were a Kentucky, a Duke, uh, one of those programs. Your ability to get those top 100 players is a, is a much harder get. So So those coaches are at a conundrum where they need to recruit those top 50, top 100 players, but the odds of them getting those players is extremely low. Or they can recruit some in-state talent that may not be a top 100 player, but hopefully that player is going to turn out to be an extremely important college player. And, um, and I mean, I see it both sides. The coaches, the coaches are at a very big conundrum, and that's. But that's why Frank Martin and these guys make two, three, four million dollars a year. They need to make those tough decisions, and that's why they're getting paid the big bucks. So, um, so they need to be able to figure out who 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 are those diamonds in the rough, those in-state players that they should recruit. Who I believe. But like Yusuf spoke very, very eloquently Coach, about James Reese and the ability. that he was a great player. He was a winner. He was athletic. And he had connections with Christian Brown. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit baffled why he was not recruited. But um, obviously, I, I don't get paid the big bucks like some of these other coaches. But, I, I, I mean, I see both sides, like I said. They got to go after the big name guys. Those guys, those guys like Zion, that's, if you get him, that's a lottery. That's like winning the lottery. The odds of you getting him are very, 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 very slim. Um, So you got to be able to figure out ways to pinpoint guys that are going to be very good college players, and there's a lot of very, 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 very good high school players and future college players in the state of South Carolina. So, I mean, I, I I, tend to lean towards that article where I see there's other factors going on, but I tend to lean towards the opinion of that article where some the, the, the Clemsons and the South Carolinas should recruit our state a little heavier. And looking and going, I mean, obviously I know it's a completely different game, but look at baseball in South Carolina, um, co- the the University of South Carolina, Coastal Carolina, um, these schools, Coastal Carolina, won a national championship a couple of years ago. I mean, these schools can compete at a national level, and the majority of those kids on the Coastal Carolina team were were South Carolina guys. South Carolina, University of South Carolina baseball team won back-to-back national championships. The majority of those guys are South Carolina guys. So I mean, there's a ton of talent in South Carolina for basketball players, for baseball players, for athletes. So I mean I, I I tend to lean that you should recruit your backyard for sure.
1: Um my 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 mindset on it is this. Um in order to be a high profile program, you have to master your state. OK, um, let's, I know I know it's very difficult to come into North Carolina and pull a high profile guy out of North Carolina because of Duke, because of North Carolina and even North Carolina State to an extent because of the history and the tradition of those programs. Um, for the record, for the record, South Carolina and even and, and Clemson have been in my gym a ton, especially when Christian Brown was there. Um, they saw James Reese practice a lot. They've seen him work out a lot. They um, South Carolina and Clemson has been in my gym a ton. Um, we have a few young players that's coming through. South Carolina has already started uh, um, establishing relationships with those younger players and talking to me. So I don't think... It's it's the element of of um, them not recruiting the state. I won't I won't um, give up my source, but um, everyone one of the um, big things came from when when Jawan Gary um, committed to to Alabama. Okay, a lot of people was like trying to say, oh, South Carolina needs to do a better job um, of recruiting the state. I know for a fact that South Carolina recruited Jawan Gary hard. I know for a fact that Clemson was um, um, rec- was interested in this kid. But I was going to speak for, for, for South Carolina because I know this for a fact that they were recruiting Jawan Gary. Um, I'm not even certain if Alabama had even came to the city prior to Jawan Gary committing to Alabama. What does that have to do? with South Carolina not recruiting. So that means that South Carolina did recruit this kid, but the kid and his family felt it was better for them to go. And and, and I know it was other variables that that go along with it, but um, they decided to go to Alabama. And I know for a fact South Carolina was recruiting them hard. It's the kid and and his family and his parents' decision to decide on what situation they think is best for them. So I won't say that South Carolina doesn't recruit the state. I will say this. Now, here's where sports are cruel. Here's where the element of sports becomes unforgiving. Most guys that play at that level, at, at the Power 5 level, most, if not all, have a dream of being a professional basketball player, i.e. the NBA. This kid saw just saw Colin Sexton get drafted as a lottery pick and went to the NBA. I'm certain that had a lot to do with it. Now, with that being said, Senderius Thornwell is, is, is playing very well in the NBA. And and, um, and, 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 and PJ, PJ Dozier is in the NBA. Both of those guys have NBA contracts. But with that being said, the unforgiving element of sports is this. Winning attracts more winners. Frank and and his staff has been doing a tremendous job of fighting to try to turn South Carolina into a winner. To me, technically, knowing from the inside out of what those guys go through, I do think they are winners. They've been to a Final Four. They scrap every year with with, with the kids they have to be successful. But to piggyback on what Micah and and, and Kurt said, sometimes it's not the power... it's not the top one hundred ranked kid that gets you over the hump. Sometimes it's not that elite status kid that everyone thinks is elite that makes you a surefire tournament team year in and year out. Sometimes it's not that. And I think if if, if I had to make if I had if I had to make a critique of in-state talent, and like like Micah said, here's where the decisions become tough. South Carolina um, baseball wins with South Carolina kids, okay? Um, Obviously, USC women have won a national championship with their best player being a South Carolina kid. The tough part comes from deciding which one of those kids that doesn't have a ranked number beside their name from the state of South Carolina will be that kid that can help you become a certified tournament team year in and year out. Okay.
2: That's why they get the big bucks. Right.
1: That's why they get the big bucks. Year before last. Now, I mean, well, 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 two years ago, South Carolina was a tournament team. I think they got snubbed and didn't get in the tournament. The next year they make the tournament, they make a run to the final four. So I think they're right there. Obviously we see the recent successes that um, Clemson is having. Okay. But the the recruiting element is tough because if we want now, now, now getting back to the crudeness of sports, you gotta, you gotta, you have to be a master recruiter. Like recruiting is strictly based on relationships. Like a lot of people talk about, oh, we're going to do this. And yeah, it's easier to tell a kid to come to a Kentucky or Duke or North Carolina because, um, because of social media and because of the just the overall success of the program, the kids see it all the time. They've seen North Carolina make what the Final Four, two what two year the last two three years. They've seen North Carolina the Final Four. They so so kids are going to want to be a part of that. But I think one of the biggest things for in state schools if we want to keep the the, the Jawan Gary's in in state, the Seven Woods in state, the heck the James Reese's and the and and the list the Zion Williamsons, the list goes on and on. You have to have master recruiters. Am I saying that they don't have master recruiters? I'm not saying that. But the recruiting element, all variables aside, all illegal variables aside, and I'm not I'm not afraid to say illegal variables. We all know what's going on with NCAA basketball. That's why these new rules are coming out and they're trying to clean it up. You have to have master recruiters. You have to. And when I say a master recruiters, you have to know how to establish that relationship. Make that person not not feel like y'all are family, but know that you're a family and you have to be able to evaluate talent at a whole nother level, knowing not what just a kid can do, but what you can get from a kid. So it's so many elements that go along with this. And it's easy for the media and it's easy for the critics to say, oh, they didn't do a better job of recruiting the kids. But it's so much to go along with it. But the cruel part is this. You got you gotta win at a high level because cause sports is very shallow. It's very shallow. Okay? And you have to be master recruiters. I've seen Frank work. He's for like like my sons could play for for, for Frank Mark. I'm just gonna talk about Frank Mark because I know him personally. My sons could play for him any day. Because I know who he is as a man, but it goes right back to what I just said. You have to have if you want high profile kids, you got to have high profile programs, and you have to have master recruiters. Those are the people that get the kids in. Yeah, Nick Saban and Alabama them win every year. They win every year, but at the end of the day, you have to have great recruiters. Okay, it's no coincidence in football that Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. It, it, they have the top classes year in and year out. Okay. It's something that they're doing to make them have these top classes. Um, I'm a Florida state fan for football. Jimbo Fisher went down to Texas A&M and what is he doing at Texas A&M? The exact same thing he did at Florida state, get the best players to commit to him at Texas A&M. So it's something that goes along with it, but I want Coachy. coach e, I want to give you a chance to um, talk on it. What, what, what's your, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, I, you know y'all know i have i just had a player right. commit to carolina and um you know for all, for all the reasons his, you know for many different reasons him and his family chose um South Carolina and uh they 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 were late to offer well they offered him last I wouldn't say I wouldn't I don't, I don't consider an offer no. late <laughs> i guess that's just me as long, as long as you get it it's fine um but to some of the points that Kurt made and you as, as well as uh uh as well as Micah, Um, it was that it's, you have to figure it out. You got, it's hard to recruit these guys. Uh, It's hard for us to get in their heads. Uh, But I do lean towards, especially going through this process with Trey, I kind of do lean towards, you know, a little bit of, we got kind of get on them a little bit early. And even if you're not going to offer them early, you know, show the interest early, like, you know, why is it that, you know, uh, and Josh, you've raised the questions for whatever reasons. Um, uh, Juan Gary's p- family thought it, it best that, you know, he go out to Alabama. Um, you know, maybe there's some questions that we need to ask ourselves here in South Carolina. You know, the, the schools here, like, what are they what are they not doing um, here? Um, I had uh, my big boy had interest from schools outside of South Carolina. Um and, and and pretty much he's going to end up going there after after junior college, you know. And he was a pretty darn good player. I didn't. He wasn't Carolina or Clemson, but he definitely could have played. I thought at one of the um, lower level schools. Um, so I just think that sometimes trying to hit the home run, I think sometimes some of the in state schools um, miss on the doubles and the singles. If you want to use a baseball analogy you know what I'm saying, You're trying to hit that home run and, and, and you end up trying to swing for the fences and sometimes you strike out and miss. You strike out, you know what I'm saying, and I just think that I, I feel like, like Micah, I'm kind of, I can see it from both ends. I could see it from the end of, yo, man, look, you know, we got to do a better job in state of keeping the kids in state. Um, I mean, with Kurt, I'm sorry. With Kurt, I got we got to do a better job of doing stuff in state, which is why you know as far as uh, you guys at your AAU program, I applaud you guys because y'all are trying to get the kids in state to stay in state and play uh, uh, grassroots basketball. Um, y'all are not trying to go out of state to get your kids. And then to align with Micah, you know, shoot, you got to get those big time kids to get other big time kids or to or to breed when you have to get winners. It's like Josh said, winning attracts winners. So how do you get to winning? Well, coaching is a part of it, but then you also have to have the players that are in. Line with, you got to have players that are in line with that. You know what I mean? I mean, you can't. You know, you can't win on the varsity level if you got B team basketball players. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just at the end of the day, when you're on that level, you got to play with the players that can play on that level. So I see it from from every aspect, and I actually I actually. I had a great time listening to all three of y'all because all three of y'all brought up points. I I didn't even think about one thinking about the topic. Um, And and it was three different perspectives. And I I really took, I really kind of am in the middle of all three of you with this, you know what I'm saying? Because I think it's a topic in which everybody's pointing a finger at somebody else It's somebody else's fault. Okay. Well, well let's not worry about what it is. How can we fix the problem? First off, is it fixable? Matter of fact, let's forget that. Is it a problem? One, two, is it fixable? And three, can you know? Let's. How do we fix it? Um, do high school coaches have to do a better job? Um, do college coaches have to do a better job? Do AAU coaches have to do better? You know, we don't know. I don't think there's any way. Do the parents have to do a better job of being more informed? I I, I don't know if there's a clear cut answer, but it definitely it definitely is an interesting debate. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: Kurt was great Josh
1: what I was gonna say was like 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 your kid Trey just got just committed to South Carolina um they like you said they might have recruited him late but see every coach has the right to have their own niche in how they recruit you know some coaches just throw offers out there and offer kids I've had kids get offered and and the college coach literally never had a conversation with me I think that's bs. You're not really offering that kid that's baloney because how are you saying you're offering this kid and you don't even know how they act around the school? You don't even know how they act in the community so you you don't talk to anyone you don't talk to the guy to see this kid year round, but you offer him that's baloney to me okay i'm a, i'm a i'm a call i'm I'm sorry I'm gonna call those coaches a fraud because I don't believe in just throwing offers out so different coaches have their niches then I have some coaches I know some coaches. That, that really evaluate the kid, want to see how that kid react in stressful situations. How is that kid in the classroom? How do they practice on a daily basis? I got to come see him work out. I want to see him in the game before they say we will offer this kid. Because if you say I'm going to offer the kid, let's say you offer the kid, and then the kid just instantly commits on the spot. And you know nothing about this kid. You never had any conversations with his coaches back at the house. You, you, you just offer this kid because – you going off what you saw the first time. I'm not saying you won't get it right. So everybody has the opportunity to c- recruit the way they do. But I do agree with what you what you said, coach. It might not necessarily be an offer, but you have to get the way social media and 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 and, and the ability to be touched and connected with is so available today. You have to get relationships with these kids early. You have to let them know that you're interested early, but the 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 catch is, you let them know you early, but it goes back to what I said. Now you have to be a master recruiter. Now you have to get this kid. You have to be able to talk that fish out of water, or like Jay Z said, sell that ice to a Eskimo. You know, so so you have you have to be able to do those things, and that's 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 what it come with. But um, Kurt, what what you got brewing over there? What you thinking?
3: Well, I'll say this so people know I'm not pro USC mm-hmm. or Clemson. but I'm, I'm not a fan of either one I'm a travel team coach and wherever a kid wants to go to school right. that's up to him His family high school coach so I want to say and the reason why I kept saying University of South Carolina because I go back to right. the article the article was written about the University of South Carolina just to put that out there so what I have brewing here is, I agree with both of you, Josh. You can recruit however you choose to. You can decide to throw offers out there to every any and everybody, or you can be very particular with it. That's your business. Not here to tell you how to recruit. And Yusuf, what you said, Coach, is true. My deal is, I appreciate the articles because it's, we're in August talking about mm-hmm. basketball. Talking about college basketball, high school basketball, grassroots basketball—that's great for us who love sports, especially who love basketball. So that's great. But what you said, Coach Houston English English, how can we fix it? I don't want to sit here and go on a Twitter tangent, not a rant, because people think I'm mad. I'm not mad <laughs> about this. But how can we change this? How can we change this? How can I help change this? I had. Two conversations in the last two days with college coaches in the state, and I said, "What can we do as coaches to help you guys?" They said, "Just keep doing as much basketball as possible. Promote, do events, keep kids in the gym. Tell them it's okay to go to the University of South Carolina, Clemson, Todd Charles Charleston, Winthrop. You know, this is bigger than the University of South Carolina. But again, the article." was about that school, so that's why I bring up that school in situations with them. I want to go back to the article, though, because they say, oh, the old coaches used to encourage kids to go to these universities. So we had a player that's at the University of South Carolina right now, Jason Cut. He had three offers, and we said, hey, you should go to USC. They play inside out. They develop bigs. Coach Martin be good for your staff, blah blah, all that good stuff. But if I don't know any better, if I'm just a rabid USC Gamecock fan, Carolina Gamecock fan, I'm like, oh man, these coaches in the state, they don't, they don't want my program, our program to do well. They're, they're not helping us get kids, blah blah blah. Well, first and foremost, the University of South Carolina or anybody else doesn't pay any of us to work. We work for school systems and different organizations. So it's not our job to recruit for anybody. But in that instance, that kid didn't know what he wanted to do, and we told him it was okay. I'll use another example. The Final Four team, Zendarius Thornwell, did not play for Upward Stars, but his coaches, Cal and Caleb Gaither, coached him in the AAU. They coached with us, have been coaching with us for years. Justin Mackey. Our first year that we had Upper Stars was his final AAU season. He played with us. PJ Dozier played with us for three years. Brian Steele played for me and Coach Mims when we were helping with Team J70, Jermaine O'Neill's team. So that's four kids that coaches in our program were directly tied to. But if I listen to the article, our coaches don't want kids to go there. Kids don't want to go there. That's four kids, four in state kids that are part of that program that went to the final four that made history for the state, for the University of South Carolina. That's something that they'll take with the rest of their lives. I was at the games in Greenville. It was a great experience. But according to that article, nobody's doing that anymore. Only the old coaches want to do that. You guys that are on the phone now, you don't you're not encouraging kids to do that. AAU coaches are encouraging kids to do that. But they talked to one AAU coach and a high school coach of a current recruit, a kid they're recruiting, and they didn't talk to anybody else to know. So my point to the writer of the article, Andrew, was just, you got to interview everybody. You got to get both sides, because that's not fair to our kids, to our coaches. And that's, that's my beef with the article, Let this article or this um, string of articles help create change. Let's see if we can figure it out. You're not going to get every player to go to these schools. It's not going to happen. It's not possible. They're going to miss on some good players. There are going to be some players that we feel they should recruit. There are kids on the team, on you guys' team, that you feel like we should take it up or that we don't always take So I understand it from a coach's perspective on both sides. But you can at least recruit the kids. You don't have to offer everybody. Not here to tell anybody how to do their jobs. But Coach Day, like you said, Josh, you gotta get master recruiter. Do your job well. You can't just do your job. Do your job well. Is there a disconnect between the staffs and the and the uh, coaches and players in the state? I don't know.
0: That I don't know. Again, um, there, there's a lot to say on this subject, yeah. but okay, I well, want to
3: keep it on point that. about the article and my disappointment with the article. There were some good things. I'll say one one more thing on hey, this. Call. Hold one on, the hold on.
0: The hey, on. Kurt, we're going to come right back to you. Go ahead, yeah. Micah. Go ahead, Micah.
2: No, I mean, I think Kurt sure. brought up a good, he brought up a good, he brought up a good. There's many, many, many layers to this article, and that's with all all news and all media like you can't they're they're gonna spin it whatever way they want to spin it and so i mean obviously you can't just believe what the article said because obviously like we all brought up the points that this is um the majority of coaches are are the majority of south carolina coaches want their kids to go to south carolina so so for them to spin it that way that's that's disappointing um, the last couple of points that I wanted to say that all of you made good points was first, I mean, Coach Daly, you talked awesome about about being a recruiter and what to look for. And so if any coaches, any college coaches are listening, you need to go after Coach Daly because that guy would run this state for sure. <laughs> and as well as all the coaches down here, both you guys as well. Um, but yeah. Coach, Coach Daly brought up some great points about recruiting and, and the importance of, of, of establishing that, that, that home base. And to go off of that point, I think to be an elite team, and Coach Daly said this, to be an elite program in whatever sport you are, you need to own your state. You need to own your state. Kentucky owns their state in basketball. Alabama owns their state in football. University of Florida owns their state in baseball. When the University of South Carolina was a top 10, top 15 football program, they owned this state, getting Jadavian Clowney, Stefan Gilmore, Marcus Latimer. Now Clemson is a top five program. They own this state. So with that being said, I mean, does every player have to come from your state? No, but if you're gonna be a elite program, you need to uh, you need to run your state, and uh, and I mean, I don't know who's running the state of South Carolina right now because the top recruits are going everywhere. So, I mean, it comes down. There's many many layers, and uh, and I don't I don't think I think we've 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 talked about a lot of issues, but. There is no real answer. Yeah,
1: I I think, Um, Micah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I I think that's the real answer. Like, you got to run your state. You got to just be really good at what you do because in the element of competition, it's always going to be excuses on why you didn't get this kid or why things didn't go that way. But at the end of the day, in the shallow world of sports, as far as, like, winning and losing, it's about who has the most points at the end and who's figuring out how to get these recruits. And we all know it's ultimately it's more variable, variables than that. But the one thing I don't like, it's a couple of things I don't like, and I know we're going to cl- bring the show to a close. I strongly dislike when people just get get on a rant and say, well, the AAU programs are sending these kids away. It starts way <laughs> deeper than travel, basketball okay i'm gonna give you a quick example no one is going to come to me and say well hey your son talon jason and leo i could promise them this and promise them that you know why because i'm going to i i i I know the game and i'm knowledgeable so i'm going to see right through bullcrap so it starts way deeper than just travel ball so let's stop saying that Travel ball is the reason why, or using that as a quick out. Now, I'm not, I'm not naive, and I'm not stupid. We are aware of the, the the huge scandal that was going on with the FBI probe, the NCAA, and multiple college coaches, and a lot that we see on TV daily, and and in the shoe companies and so forth. But with that being said, at the end of the day, like 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 Kirk said, like you said, Mike, and like Coach Ingram said. It comes right back down to those college coaches. What's going to be attractive? When USC football was top 10, top 15, they ran the state. Now that Clemson is winning year in a year. Clemson's a freaking national championship contender. So not only are they getting the best players from South Carolina, they're getting the best players from all over the country. Okay? So that's what recruiting is about. Because right now, if South Carolina was a top 25-team perennial, a top-10-team perennial year in and year out, the next argument would be why aren't we getting the McDonald's All-Americans from all over the country? So it's always going to be something to bicker about. It's always going to be something. But what I don't want is the finger pointing and and, and blaming different elements. At the end of the day, I'm speaking as a coach, and I will speak for other coaches. We just got to figure out a way to get it done. We got to figure out a way to do it and we can always have somebody else to blame. And, and I know there are multiple variables, but that's just the element of, of, of competition. People are trying to beat you. So you got to figure out a way to beat them before they can beat you.
0: What are your final words, Kurt?
3: Um, yeah, I, Josh, that was great. We can't point fingers, but I wanted to say, cause I, in the article, there were some good points. Coach Martin said, well, it starts, like Josh just said, it starts deeper than that. Some of these kids don't even play in-state for AAU. So someone somewhere, and maybe it's just here There's some kids, somebody saying, well, you need to go to North Carolina, you need to go to Georgia or what, whatever and play. Um, you know, there's a kid in-state that told another kid, oh, well, we'll beat you guys because you play with those South Carolina boys. He was playing on an out-of-state team. So it's much deeper than, you know, a high school coach or a college coach or just an AAU coach, this or that other. It starts at a younger age, who's around our kids, who's talking to them. Um, but the chances are if you play for an out-of-state team, there's they have no concern or vested interest or even a sentimental, um, uh, connection with any school in the state they don't why would they care if the kid went here so i think it's important to like who we are saying oh go work out with this key person or go play for that team yeah that's okay and then um it comes back in the end you know, there's nobody you can lean on to help you recruit because it's about relationships but frank martin made a great point there and uh, the last thing i'll say is like he said he's watched more the kids more than any other head coach. I agree with that. I've seen them in the gym, and I know that's just one quote that they use, there's probably more to it, but you guys are fathers. If you said, well, I give you money to your kids, does that make you a great father? you got to be more than a provider. So my point is, you can't just say, well, I watch the kids more than anybody else. So, yeah, they should come to us. It's more to recruiting, Josh, to your point, than just watching games. And again, I know there's probably more to that quote, but that's the quote they use. So that's what I'm using. There's more to being a great father than just giving money. There's more to being a great recruiter than just going and watching kids play. We've got to figure out how we connect the dots and build these relationships. And if it makes sense for kids to stay in state, great. Sometimes it's not, but we can all do a better job promoting basketball and Working together, I I think that you guys do a great job working with AAU coaches and directors, regardless if it's Upward Stars or another program. Uh, You've been good to us on a working relationship, and I know you guys do that with other people. So I just want to say thanks for that. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, This topic can keep going, and hopefully we can promote change. Uh, the, the new NCAA rules, I hope it doesn't cause kids to want to transfer high schools because it's, it's going to get crazy, but that's a different subject, so I don't even want to go there.
0: Yeah. Well, Michael, what's your final?
2: Uh, we, we're closing out. Final thoughts? <laughs> yeah, final... man. <laughs> yeah, here's the deal. Here, I got something, and it. it goes back to – I mean, it kind of goes into what we just talked about with with the media and being able to spin their story one way and also to uh, to LeBron James and his greatness and the impact that he's had. I was honored on Monday to go and uh, sit in and learn on, um, it's called the RISE Initiative, the Ross Initiative for Sports Equality, um, talking about the impact that athletes can have for for creating change and, and promoting equality in sports, and, and one of the lessons – they gave us a whole curriculum that we can take back to our student-athletes. And One of the lessons that they talked about was how athletes are thought of as just being athletes, and obviously, we know LeBron and Steph Curry and these guys, they understand the bigger impact that they can have, and they played a video clip from Fox News about LeBron talking about how he doesn't think Donald Trump is a good role Roman, Donald Trump is not a good leader of America, which... I completely agree with and Fox News just completely just crushed him and they were like oh just and basically the it was a quote I'm sure all of you have seen it where they were like you're you're a basketball player just shut up and dribble and so I just want to re- read LeBron's response to this which we talked about in the seminar which is just just some summarizes LeBron's LeBron, what's behind LeBron and his demeanor. And his quote to that was, he was, I will definitely not shut up and dribble. I will definitely not do that. I mean too much to my two boys. They're my best friend, my daughter that's his home, my wife, my family. I mean too much to society. I mean too much to the youth. I mean too much to so many kids that that they feel like they don't have a way out and they need someone to lead them out of the situation they are in. All these kids that look up to me for inspiration who are trying to find a way out, finding some leeway on how they can become as great as they can be and how those dreams can become reality. We know it's bigger than us. It's not about us. I'm going to continue to to do what I have to do to play this game that I love to play, but this is bigger than me than just playing the game of basketball. So, So to come back to what we talked about, LeBron, Shout out to LeBron and shout out to what LeBron's doing. It's way bigger than him. It's way bigger than everybody. And the legacy that he's leaving is unbelievable. And then to tie it back into the news story, there's many layers to it, but don't believe everything you read in the newspaper. Don't believe everything you hear on TV because they can spin it any way they want. Hey Amen. Go ahead, coaching
0: Hey man, we're gonna get to these shout outs. Um, We'll start with our guest first because I know we're probably ready to get off the phone. But Kurt, any shout outs?
3: I'm good. I'm good. I can go another
0: hour. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. <laughs> uh, any shout outs and uh, also leave your uh, social media handle as well. Uh,
3: I definitely will. First, I want to give a shout out to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm here because of Him. I'm saved through grace and mercy through God the Father so shout out to him uh, just Upward Stars South Carolina basketball the coaches, everybody that's just promoting change and helping these kids be better as men be better as players and just being more than an athlete we have a saying with Upward, be more than just kind of like LeBron so I just want to salute all the high school coaches all the AU coaches, all the trainers the ADs, teachers for promoting change with our youth and using love to of hate and teaching them to be
1: more than an athlete my Twitter is at team truth man, zero um, give a shout out my once cool. again shout out to um coach Kurtz coach Michael Kurtz and his beautiful wife Whitney now mrs. Whitney Kurtz man Michael
2: yeah. oh my gosh listen put
1: me on speakerphone listen Michael, Mike, you You're look on. really good on wedding day, but your wife
0: was
1: gorgeous, man. And she, Go was she was beautiful. You <laughs> were lucky, man. I'm happy for y'all. Um, I can't wait for y'all to have some little Whitney's and little Micah's running around, man. So my so, so my kids can have something to play with. <laughs> shout out to everybody who has a birthday in August. Shout out to all the Leos. My birthday is this Saturday. Um, I'm probably going to be doing nothing. So, um, shout gotta- shout out out to all those folks man um shout out to everyone that's about to get cranked up and start the school year loud i'm 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 praying that everybody has a, a great year um no, Kurt. Thanks for being on the show. Shout out to the program Upward. Always does a great job. They take care of my kids. Um, they help my kids get get looks, get scholarships. So shout out to you guys for doing a great job. Shout out to all of the in-state colleges in the state of South Carolina. We understand. We know. The, the, the fight and the scrap. I've talked to probably about eight in-state schools in the last couple of days about recruiting my kids. So they are recruiting the in-state kids. It's just a competitive element. It's just a uh, it's, it's 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 tough. So um, I'm, I'm I'm gonna close it out with that man. I hope everybody have a great week. God bless and um hope to see um everybody accomplish their goals and dreams.
0: Um, <clears throat> my shout outs. Uh... Uh, Shout-outs to uh, you, Kurt, coming on today, speaking, as Micah says, so eloquently. Um, Shouts out to the uh, Upper Stars program and other grassroots programs like yours who do a great job of getting the kids seen during the live periods. Um, we uh, definitely is a help to us. I know one of my kids plays for you. He's definitely come back a different kid. Um, uh, Shouts out to Mike and his brand-new beautiful gorgeous wife uh came down those stairs shining at the wedding um and i know you guys stayed busy throughout the wedding glad you had you came back safe from your uh honeymoon trip glad you had a good time jumping off of cliffs uh can't wait till i get a chance to jump off a cliff um and i'm gonna close out with this um i had an opportunity to go see my brother uh those of you that are uh fans of the show know that my brother is Suffering from mental illness, and he is now incarcerated right now. Uh, due to when he had a manic break, uh, he committed a crime that they're trying to label him with and give him about eight years when he was not treated properly for his mental, um, uh, his mental, uh, issue. Um, it has been a very traumatic, not a traumatic, I guess, a very emotional time for my family in that you feel sorry for the victim, but at the same time, had, uh, they had the state done a better job uh, dealing with his mental state, Uh, he probably would not even have done it. Um, So in that sense, I think as a society, we have got to do a better job of identifying um, mental illness and really, really opening up conversation about it because it is a big deal and it is affecting families and it is affecting people. So um, please be aware, you know, of, of the thing around you. If you feel like you have an issue, please go see a doctor. Um, and don't be afraid to talk about your issues. Um, on that note, we're gonna get out of here. Um, you know, if you want to join the conversation, hit us up at the Stanley and english show at gmail.com. That's the Stanley and Eng- a n d English show at gmail.com every single piece of social media we have it hit us up it's the staley and in the english show it's not hard to figure out as always as always as always keep god first everything else to follow peace
3: all right fellas.